Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first and last Thomas Matthew is the GOAT podcast with yours truly, Thomas Matthew. Today, we'll be discussing Mark Spitz, arguably the greatest swimmer of all time, kind of forgotten about after Michael Phelps, but in my opinion, the greatest, most swift swimmer of all time. First off, let's just look at technology. I know what you're thinking. Technology in a pool? Uh, But when it comes to the Olympics, there's a lot that goes into professional swimmers' speed. The art of tapering is a huge modern way of practice. Uh, Tapering is considered a big part of why swimmers go so fast at the end of the year. It's a training method where coaches cut down yardage and mainly focus on sprints and uh, just easy practices and so it makes you feel really rested and kind of conditioned for the end of the year sprints so by the time of the last practice the swimmers are only doing about a thousand yards another thing that's huge in today's uh, swimming world is our speed suits these suits are made of like high-tech material that compress the swimmer's body to make them more aerodynamic. And with that high-tech material comes not water being absorbed into the suit, rather water being pushed off of the suit, kind of reflecting off of the suit. So that really helps the modern-day swimmers. And in the um, 2008 Olympics, where Michael Phelps had eight gold medals and eight world records, he wore a full body speed suit covering from his shoulders to his ankles. So that might have helped a lot, but we'll talk about that later. The the suits that Michael Phelps wore in that Olympics are now banned because they were unfair to everyone who did not have them. And another th- another crazy thing to me about Mark Spitz is he never wore goggles he never swam with goggles he had to swim with his eyes open if i didn't swim without goggles i would not go nearly as fast as i do and he gets a regular suit and he gets no recognition in today's swimming world it's all about michael phelps the times show that phelps is much faster than spitz in his day i would stay true that modern day spitz would be an olympic record breaker in my opinion being great is also about being remembered spitz unfortunately is not very remembered as many would like him to be he's been he's been interviewed saying that all olympians are not really remembered they fade away in time with time and with uh, more olympics and more stars coming out of them but he is an olympic swimmer from the 70s and there's not a huge audience for that but With his incredible record and his incredible talent that he possessed, I would say that he still constitutes as being one of the greatest swimmers of all time. And also, I think he could rule in the pool any day. What makes him great? What makes Mark Spitz great? He had no fears, at least in the public eye. He was brash and cocky with the media and not afraid to speak his mind. I think this set him apart from the rest of the swimming community. 
there's not a lot of swimmers that will come up to you and talk trash, you know, but I think definitely from the interviews that I've seen of Mark Spitz, he's the kind of guy that to talk trash in swimming, which is a pretty uh, classy sport. So he kind of revives swimming in America. He, this happens every Olympic year. The swimming gets kind of low. And then as the Olympics roll by, people get more into it and kind of start to try it out. So I don't know if Spitz revived swimming in America, but he definitely made it more popular in America, which is a which is a big thing to do for a sport like swimming. In my opinion, his comeback story makes him great. He had been the best all his life, being called the best swimmer in all of his age groups. Uh, however, he was cocky. He told the media in 1968 he wanted to win six gold medals. He was in six events. He wanted to win six gold medals, also break six world records. He went on to win two. Those are only in relays. Not even placing in the finals in one of his events. However, he got knocked down and then he got back up. In the 1972 Olympics, four years later, Spitz won seven gold medals and seven world records setting a new Olympic medal record for one Olympics. I think that that shows greatness. He always says that he's just an ordinary guy. In an interview with Today, Spitz said, I've always thought of myself as just a regular guy, and I happen to do something extraordinary in the journey of my athletic career. I would argue that if Michael Phelps and Mark Spitz swam prime condition, suits, goggles, everything, they would be on the same, I'd say the same length of talent, you know, they would finish almost side by side, but that's just my opinion. We would never see, but I think Spitz definitely has more character than Phelps. He was always cocky to the media, talking, kind of people thought that he would, that he needed to keep his mouth shut, but I think that that shows a true great. Spitz's greatness is definitely arguable. Let's talk about that. Let's look at the facts here. Mark Spitz was a remarkable swimmer. He was very swift, and by the videos that I've seen, I can tell you he was one of the most swift swimmers I've ever seen. Now, his times are very subpar for today's standards. However, back then, he they were all world records. Now, when you say that Spitz is slow, it's not necessarily that he was slow. As I talked about earlier, it's all the technology that comes with swimming, all the new ways to swim. Like Spitz did a flip turn on the wall. It's where you flip and push off on your feet. However, he just pushed off did not kick, did not do anything, while swimmers today, in today's era, push off very fast and then do fast kicks to make to propel themselves to the surface and get there faster. So it's just ways to improve your swimming that were not yet founded back then. And Spitz, as I said earlier, there was not technology to back him up. He didn't have speed suits. He didn't shave his body hair to make him get faster. He had a full-grown mustache when he swam he did not wear a cap when he swam he still had all the drag of his hair he 
did not have a speed suit, a fast suit. There's all of these things that you could argue that would make him, if he had these assets, that would probably make him much, much faster than he is. Let's go into what separated Mark Spitz from the rest of the swimming community, more so the rest of the swimmers in the 1970s, in his era. Spitz is very different from what many uh, suppose a swimmer should be. He talks harshly to the media, and he still does in his old age. I've read many interviews where he is rude and speaks his own mind. In the 2008 Olympics, when Phelps broke his record, he was very angry that he did not get invited when there was a chance that his own record could be broken, and he had some words to speak about that. But he was separated from the rest of his field kind of as a figure. He was more looked at as a figure than kind of a person, if you know what I mean. He was kind of praised by the media, very focused on like Michael Phelps, like the person in the eighth lane of the Olympics gets no recognition while all the cameras are around Michael Phelps when that person made a great stride and a great achievement by getting to that point. But Spitz was kind of the same way, more focused on by the media, which really set him apart from the rest of his competition. He kind of had more pressure and stress put on him by everyone around him than the other people who Still, of course, had pressure and stress, but not definitely not as much as what Spitz had put on him. Now, in the nine common characteristics of people destined for greatness, Spitz definitely uh, falls under all these characteristics. They're not humble. As I said, Mark Spitz was very brash and cocky with the media. He was even um, recorded once kind of bashing the President Ronald Reagan, so... He definitely is not humble. He's kind of, you know, mean to the to others. But not mean, but kind of very confident in his way of talking to people in the media. They're irrational. Spitz is one of the most irrational people in history. He claimed that he would get six gold medals in an Olympic Games where he only got two. So I don't know if he was unprepared, too cocky. I can't say, but he was definitely irrational at that point. They don't believe in inspiration. I don't know if Spitz falls under that. He was inspired by himself. He was inspired to train by his coach, his family, himself. So I don't know if he really does not believe in inspiration, but he takes a lot of inspiration from himself and not from others. They don't live balanced lives. Many swimmers don't live balanced lives. They swim four hours a day. Spitz probably swam more. I don't know his training, but he Olympic swimmers do not live balanced lives. They train for more than half of their lives. It's a rough life, but that's what they do to be great. They're lucky. Spitz is definitely lucky. He, As he said, he's an ordinary guy, but he just got lucky with his athletic ability and won seven gold medals. They know that personality traits can be learned. Now, this is a huge one, a huge 
trait for greatness for Mark Spitz. He kind of uh, confided in his personality. He used his personality to get where he wanted to be. In his, uh, he retired after the 1972 Olympics. However, he still made seven million dollars from sponsorships and commercials. So that's mostly because his personality is what people liked. I think he kind of catered to what people liked. He grew out his mustache. He kind of was a figure for people, for men in the 70s, especially with the mustache. He kind of made a, started a trend with that. So he really learned personality traits and really banked off that, making $7 million in the 1970s was a lot back then. That's still a lot right now. Uh, they visualized their success to the point of certainty. Spitz was going into the 1972 Olympics knowing he had to have seven gold medals. He did not want to disappoint. He could not disappoint or else his whole career would basically be over. He visualized getting those gold medals, training every day, beating the person that he would race. He visualized that in his training every day. And I think visualizing that to the point of certainty, and he did it. So they never fail. Mark Spitz was recorded saying that he would win six medals in the 1968 Olympics. Did he? No. He won two medals that year, and he did not accept his failure. He saw it as just a speed bump. The next Olympics, he came around saying he'd win seven gold medals and seven world records. And what did he do? He won seven golds and got seven world records now in that time he did not accept failure he just went on and thought about what he could do to be great next and i really think mark spitz falls under all of these nine common characteristics and that's what made him great or even maybe the greatest now let's talk about michael phelps mark spitz now, if we compare the times, let's look at this. Mark Spitz's world record gold medal time in the 1972 Munich Olympics. In the 200-meter butterfly, it was two minutes flat. Michael Phelps, on the other hand, in his 2008 Olympics, in the 200-meter butterfly, it was one minute 52 seconds. Also gold medal, also world record. As you can see here, that's an eight-second difference. There's not a big argument for that to say that Mark Spitz is a better swimmer than Michael Phelps. But the only thing I could say is, in today's era, with all the training methods, the different methods to swim, I would argue, and I think even Mark Spitz himself would argue, that if he had all these assets, he could beat Michael Phelps in a one-on-one -on -one race right now. Prime age, both going head-to-head, -head, that would be a sight to see. However, there's no really way to comprehend. There's no way to see this come out in real life. So the only thing I could leave you with is Mark Spitz, one of the greatest comeback stories of all time in Olympic history. He went from being bashed by the media to winning seven gold medals in one Olympics, a long-standing record, one of the longest-standing medal records in Olympic history. Now, 
if Mark Spitz was next to me today, I would have two things to tell him. Congratulations on being great. And thank you for inspiring many to be great in the pool. There's no doubt that Mark Spitz has left a mark on the swimming world and will be remembered as one of the greats. So my uh, speech by Mark Spitz, unfortunately I could not find many great speeches on YouTube of Mark Spitz. I guess there's not a big market for this guy, but I did find it a pretty good speech. And I think one thing that he talked about that really stood out to me was at one point, um, the pool was kind of just open in 1972 at the Olympics. So he went to train. Maybe there was a training pool. He went there to train and there was um, media windows like in the pool, like under the water. And he noticed that there were people in those in those windows kind of looking at him taking pictures writing stuff down and so he's kind of fooling around with them um he told so he did a um a special stroke that is not really like a it's a horrible way to swim basically and he realized that those guys were russian coaches kind of scouts russian scouts for the Russian swim team. And they came up and he talked to one of them who was a translator and he asked them, they asked him if that was a stroke that he swims in a race. And he said, yeah, it really helps. And the guy translates and they're all writing it down. And then they ask about his mustache and he, cause this is at a point where everyone was shaving all the hair on their body to go faster. And he says that, it really helps and it deflects the water and the guy translates and he, they all write it down. And I think this really shows how, how much of a kind of a being Mark Spitz really was that they know that hair is not the best way to swim, that this deflects the water. However, when this guy tells him that it is no drag, it deflects water, helps you get faster. They listen to him and, write everything down. It's amazing to me. My podcast is um, Triathlon Swimming with Tower 26. It's kind of just an interview of Mark Spitz, and he talks about the main point of the of the podcast is kind of the mental struggles that came with being at such a high level and under such immense pressure to kind of succeed basically he was pushed so hard to to succeed i don't know if i could go through that with that much just media attention and people telling you you have to win to be accepted basically but he kind of just talks about the little things like i didn't get enough sleep i was sick in the incoming three weeks kind of stuff that i think about and i'm I guarantee you many athletes in every sport think about things that will get you down when the competition hasn't even started. And he says that even the top, top athletes have these thoughts. And he said he tries to get that through with the kids that he coaches. So he's kind of just 
at this point, he's spreading the word on others, kind of trying to share his greatness. First, we're going to be talking about a article uh, from the Olympic website. This website assesses the struggle that Spitz had with the 100-meter freestyle and basically the just immense stress that he was under to win pure gold, seven gold medals. He was put under pressure after flopping in the 1968 Olympics, only winning two golds, and he was determined to win all gold his next professional outing. Uh, this website explains the topic very well and provides great information to understand what Spitz stood for. He accepted nothing but greatness, and this is what was so fascinating about him. He wasn't happy with two gold medals at the greatest competition in the world. So he went back to training and got back to win seven gold medals, a long-lasting record in the Olympic world, only broken recently in 2008. The second article we're going to look at is from ESPN. Spitz lived up to enormous expectations by MB Roberts. Um, most of these articles <clears throat> really just state the same thing about how he was one of the greatest swimmers of his time, won seven gold medals, bounced back from the two gold medal outing. But in this uh, article, there was something that I had never seen before. It reads, then tragedy struck. At 4.30 a.m. September 5th, Palestinian terrorists broke into the athletes' compound, killing two members of the Israeli delegation and taking nine others hostage. Spitz, who had won his final medal only hours earlier, lay sleeping nearby. In the morning, Spitz attended a press conference flanked by co coaches and German police. I think the murders in the village are very tragic, he said. I have no further comment. Spitz then... Um, left immediately after before the closing ceremonies which was um frowned upon by many but there was no there at least in my mind there's no question why he or there's no question why he did not leave um also spitz being jewish i could see why he was very nervous about the about the tragedy our first video is Swimming Under the Shadow of Mark Spitz, posted by the Olympic Channel. This video basically talks about how in the 100-meter freestyle, um, Mark Spitz was the second seed and even was beat by an Australian swimmer in the prelims. And the Australian swimmer, they interview him in this video, They he says that he felt as he was the underdog and he was seated first in the finals event and he still felt that he was the underdog just by the amount of media coverage and kind of media attention and not even media attention just attention given by everyone that mark spitz had so that shows his greatness by kind of everyone being in awe of him kind of knowing that he was the best, and he ended up winning gold, showing everyone that he was the best. Once again, this is Thomas Matthew logging off for the first and last time of the Thomas Matthew is the GOAT podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great day.